Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee, talk about coffee, catch up with you all, and have a real good coffee talk. Yeah, what what language is that? That's what I was Latin. trying to remember. Latin. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And then it was like vaccinus or something like that, and then vaccine. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should probably <laughs> wrap up our rant on vaccinations. Um, yeah. Uh, well, to start out, what are you drinking for this episode? So I already had coffee in my smoothie this this morning, um, and it was quite a bit of cold brew. So I I thought I should like take a take a second. Um, so I, I made, um, black tea, uh, English style with, uh, flax milk and, um, honey and I have fancy tea. So my family went to England a while ago and, um, they got me royalty from the elephant house, a gourmet tea and coffee house in the heart of old town of is it Edinburgh or Edinburgh? Edinburgh? Question mark. <laughs> I feel like the English would say like like Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like that it. one time when we walked around for an entire day and adopted oh English accents and yes. we just tried to see who we could convince if it was legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Was it like Home Depot? It that was we Home were Depot and Joanne's and some other craft store. I don't know why we and were running Walmart, I think too. Yeah. It was for the basement when we were redoing your basement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Fun fact about Jess and I, we like to tackle home project renovations together. I don't really know why, but we do. We're (laughs) fixer-uppers. We're cute like that. (laughs) We should have a TV show. Honestly, at the beginning when you had told me that you were going to be drinking tea for this episode, I or you didn't even say you were drinking tea. You just said you had tea for this episode. I got so excited because I thought you meant you had gossip. And now that you just said actual tea, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed. No, I don't. I don't have gossip. I don't go anywhere. I, I don't leave my home. <laughs> I have no one to talk to to have gossip. Like I don't even have people to listen in or eavesdrop on. There, There's oh. no one. It's just me and my cat Callie. Like that's it. Um, I am drinking a pumpkin spice latte again. Ew. I, I'm Gross. sorry. I really, I really You're just it. a basic. It's not, ugh, this is a pet peeve. Good thing you brought this up. I <laughs> cannot stand when people get called basic because they happen to like something that everyone else likes. I don't care if a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> is the white Christian girl autumn drink of choice. I like it. And I I would not consider myself a basic person. I mean... Oh, Jesse, I'm about to fight you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that be. Um, No, the reason why I said you, though, is because, like, I I worked at Starbucks for a while, and I know what's in their pumpkin spice lattes. So speaking of today, because I wanted to try something somewhat different, um, I got almond milk in it instead because all of their... Look at you. I know. Um, All of their... So proud. 
milk things like their almond milk they have almond oat and coconut milk it's all made in-house oh dude you gotta do oh if they make homemade oat milk you gotta do it it's like drinking like oat milk but it's like drinking cream that's okay see i was gonna do soy milk originally because i heard that that's like the best to compliment because of the vanilla e flavor for you know a latte but they didn't have soy milk and so then they the guy that I was on the phone with because I did an order in suggested mm-hmm. that I try it with the almond milk because their oat milk is apparently very, very strong in flavor. And he said that it might oh. not pair well with the pumpkin spice latte. So he recommended the almond milk. And honestly, I can't taste that much of a difference. So that makes me happy. Well, that makes sense because like almond milk is very light flavored. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people go towards um, almond milk as a non-dairy alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it is pretty good, and I'm very happy that I tried something new. <laughs> yeah, that's also super dope that they make it in house. Uh, oh my gosh, Home- homemade non dairy milks are like they're they're the bomb. Have you listened to anything new recently? I have not had a lot of car time, which is where I listen to the majority oh, okay. of my music lately. Um, and the one time I was in the car for a bit of a ride, I was taking Ranger to the vet um, just for like a little checkup. And I decided to break out my Halloween playlist because I'm basically at this point trying to will fall into existence, like the way I'm talking, <laughs> what I'm drinking, eating, everything. I just I just need the season change pretty desperately. And so one of my favorite songs on my Halloween playlist, I really like it because it has some old music incorporated into it and it I don't know why it just fits the vibes but it just does and one of my favorite and the one that I'm going to recommend to everyone is it's called In the Midnight Hour by Wilson Pickett all the vibes are there cool okay what about you any new um, music I have been listening to a lot of David Keenan um, he's an Irish singer I would call it like acoustic contemporary folk super 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 good he, he has a beautiful voice um and i love like the story in in his music okay i'll definitely keep that one in mind but yeah now that we've done our introductory statements let's jump <laughs> into our episode topic of lonely relationships yeah so are you lonely Catherine? Well, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> um, like, not really. I <laughs> Okay. Occasionally, I can be. And I've definitely noticed that I tend to get more lonely at night. And I'm not entirely sure why that is. But I could be just alone all day for the entire day and not even bat an eye. But it's when it gets dark out that I start to crave companionship but for the most part I'm very fulfilled between my relationship my friendships my relationship with my roommate and being able to talk to my mom regularly talking with you regularly so things are actually going pretty well are you lonely (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I'm not used to missing people Mm -hmm. that's not a sensation I feel and I guess over like COVID and not being able to just be in society. Cause I'd, I'd say I'm a loner, but I'm very much active in the community and like active in work life and 
just errands and stuff like I right I'm the person that chats with the cashier as I'm checking out <laughs> right um, so I'm used to human interaction being like a very active part of my life even though I'm very independent and not necessarily with anyone during my daily activities I think there's a so, big difference between being independent and being a loner though I would definitely consider mm-hmm. you more of an independent person not necessarily a loner. I think of a loner as someone that just truly does not even like the company of other people. You like oh, like antisocial, but the right people, you know. Yeah, <laughs> about who you like to spend time with, and I think that's completely fair. Definitely, but I admittedly also experience that like I feel lonely at night. Hmm. Not during the day. It's like at night. I don't know if it's a feeling of insecurity because it's dark out and. Maybe animal instincts or something, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, at, at night, I, I think it's partly because I'm socially distancing from Badger because we both have health problems, and he's also a, a huge germaphobe, like almost a hypochondriac level germaphobe. And uh, I work out of home, and he works in home, so he literally doesn't have to go anywhere. And expose himself, and I do Monday through Friday. So I would agree that a lot of my time with either friends or Goldie, what we decided to call him last episode, um, centers around nighttime. So maybe that is kind of why I associate mm-hmm. nighttime with companionship. But I get a lot of stuff done during the day. I work during the day, go to school during the day, similar to you. So once it hits nighttime, that's when I'm letting my walls down ready to talk to someone about it. So I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Mm -hmm. So we should probably say what loneliness is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, since we're using this word, we should probably know what it means. Loneliness is obviously a derivative of lonely. So Merriam-Webster defines lonely as being without company, cut off from others, sad from being alone, a feeling of bleakness or desolation. That's a lovely note to start out on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to, you know, bring it up here. It's it's a sensation. So it's not being alone. It's the feeling associated with being alone. It's the feeling of sadness associated with being alone. So you can be with or or isolation even. So it's not even necessarily that you're alone. It's that you feel isolated. So it's not necessarily that you are without people. It's that you feel in solitude, if that makes sense, and sad about it. Right. So why do people get lonely when they're (laughs) not alone? So, of course, I had to do my research. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cigna Health states in 2019 article that uh, loneliness in a relationship can be caused by loss of intimacy, incompatibility, physical distance, health problems, emotional issues, or obviously abuse. Sometimes loneliness in a relationship can indicate that the partnership may not be working out in the way it used to, and that can be temporary. It can be the relationship itself. It could be the circumstances around the relationship. Um, As the options of Cigna Health states, sometimes it's physical distance or things that you can't control. And obviously it's very applicable to COVID right now, which is why I wanted this to be one of our first episodes. Right. A 2018 Pew Research Center. I'm just giving you all the, all the info here. 
want all of it. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, eat it up. Okay. We believe in science here. We believe in science. We we love the science. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Pew, a Pew survey found that 28% of people who are dissatisfied with their family lives feel lonely all or most of the time. Wow. Yeah. So it's... That's that's kind of uh, a correlation. It's not saying that like you are dissatisfied with your family life because you feel lonely, or that you feel lonely so you're dissatisfied. It's just saying that like they're they're highly correlated. And I thought it was just like an interesting stat. I also wanted to kind of get into the research associated with more pop culture, like what the general public is experiencing, as opposed to more scientific research. Right. So I also found a Time Magazine article about this topic. They interviewed a clinical psychologist and author of How to Be Single and Happy. Her name is Jenny Tates, and she said uh, an unwillingness to be vulnerable can also contribute to feelings of loneliness within romantic relationships. I feel a little called out. (laughs) Whatever. Um, I definitely (laughs) think that that is... 100% applicable to our relationship and one of the reasons why we work so well together because I am always the one to insist upon you sharing your feelings and I remember yeah it's annoying yeah I know and I (laughs) I was like does that actually do anything for you ever and you told me that I'm the one person that really continually checks in on your feelings and wants to know the nitty-gritty of what's going on and that in the long run, it has really, really helped you. So, or just gotten you to talk and reflect more. Yeah, whatever. Don't give yourself so much credit. <laughs> she also uh, had a couple other notes uh, that I want to finish up before we kind of explore this topic. Okay. So uh, she also said one contributing factor to loneliness is not talking about your feelings or sharing things that are maybe a little less safe and risky to share. She's really trying to like drive home that unwillingness to be vulnerable and to share and to kind of contribute to that that communication and bonding is what causes loneliness. So you could be close to someone, but they might not know the more personal things about you. So obviously you would feel isolated as a consequence of that. So how, how did you interpret these stats, you know, this topic, what, what comes to mind? Well, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what this topic meant when you pitched the title to me, Lonely Relationships. And on reflection, I realized that the reason I don't think I knew what it was immediately was because I have not had a lot of loneliness when it comes to relationships. I mean, first of all, if you're talking romantically, I've literally had two, including the one that I'm in now that I've been in for a few years. And so I'm pretty inexperienced in that field. And if you're talking about friendships, I have so many because I'm definitely like a person that surrounds myself with a lot of people that I care about and that care about me. And I usually don't have, you know, one relationship that is lacking because the people that I do let in and the people that I am vulnerable with are usually pretty quality people. And if, So it like fills in the holes for each other. Yes. And so if I have a problem in one of those main relationships that I lean on and share myself with, then I outright say something. I don't like to have in a f- 
inequality or inefficiencies within my relationships. I just feel like I don't have time about time for it. And then if you're talking family relationships, I mean, I am incredibly close with my mom and you know that. And I feel like I get a lot of my support system from her and I can talk to her about anything. And I think that that relationship really keeps me from feeling lonely. So I think all of that comes from the fact that I'm extremely extroverted and I also had a a lot of love for myself and I, you know, not to get too deep, I think it also comes from the fact that I've lost a lot of people that I've cared deeply for, like family members. I mean, I've been to more funerals than I have weddings, baby showers, bridal showers, all combined. Um, And I think with that comes a sense of valuing relationships and valuing self and valuing the time that you have with them. So I try not to be lonely, basically. (laughs) Well, and it's really interesting that like uh, some people, when they've dealt with as much loss as you have, they avoid putting themselves in a situation where there could be potential loss. But you kind of do the opposite. You like run towards connections. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very healthy. I just, I just think it's interesting because I would definitely do the opposite. (laughs) No, and I do the opposite. In fact. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I love very wholeheartedly. And sometimes that does, you know, screw me over in the end because a person might not be worth it. And I give them so much of my love and it's not reciprocated. But at the same time, I've also found some really incredible people from giving so much of myself. But what about you? What is your interpretation of this topic? I came up with this just because I assumed some people might be feeling this way because of COVID. Definitely. You know, they're isolated and they might be living with people, but they in the past before COVID might have social nights with their other friends that they don't live with or family time with their family that doesn't live with them or this and that and the other thing. And so maybe a lot of people are living with their family or living uh, with a partner, but working from home and not going anywhere. And so they might be feeling resentful or embarrassed or uh, ashamed that they feel lonely because their family or and or partner isn't fulfilling their emotional needs in this state of social distancing. Right. So I thought it would be interesting to explore this not only in reference to COVID, but just in reference to like, this is a normal sensation that everybody has at some point. People's cups can't be filled all the time. <laughs> right. And actually in reference to myself, I... I am like a cup can never be filled person. I always am looking for something new, something exciting, looking for the next thing. I'm very like forward motion. So in a certain respect, I'm always dissatisfied, you know, and that's just how some people are. Like some people's cups can never be filled. And especially like for me, nobody can fill my cup for me. So like for you, everybody fills your cup. I'm just not that way. I don't think that's a bad thing though, Jess. I think it's great that you can fill your own cup. But also, people feel that. People feel separated from me because I don't need anything and therefore sometimes I don't want anything from them. And I think people feel that. From your extreme to my extreme, I think most people fall in the middle. I agree. But how do you deal with it? How are, how are you dealing with the loneliness? 
in a relationship. <laughs> Honestly, if I had loneliness in one relationship, I would probably substitute it with another. I really don't like to waste time. I guess that's another lesson that I've been taught through loss is making every moment valuable and worth your time. And if I'm not happy, I am going to move to something that makes me happy. And I don't mean that in a flighty way because I don't just ditch people that aren't giving me what I need, but I'm also very straightforward. So, you know, if I've pursued hanging out with someone, for example, for a while, and it's that typical like, oh yeah, we'll totally hang out soon and we make plans and then they fall through and that's happened a few times. I'm going to stop putting so much effort into that and put more effort into relationships where someone is giving me that love and attention right back. So I would probably like literally move on and I would just accept that our timing wasn't right. Not necessarily I got to cut that person out of my life, but try again in a while. Or I would tell the person what I was feeling and what I needed more out of the relationship if it was a really close friendship that I wasn't necessarily willing to just move on from. So I know myself as the type of person that I can spend 24 7, 365 when I truly love someone. And there are only a few people in my life that I feel that way about. But that is a major way. I think, and where I don't experience loneliness because I'm so content with being with this one person for a really long time. I'm that way with my mom. Like I can hang out with her for weeks on end, just just us hanging out, doing projects around the house, walking our dog, anything. And I'm content because it's nice to be in her company. And I'm honestly that way with you, Jess. That is why I love having you over when we're working on the house, like doing a project, working on homework, studying. I love having your company. And I'm also that way with Goldie because I never get tired of hanging out with him. And that's one of the reasons why I have a lot of faith in my relationship because I don't get tired of hanging out with him. And he is the same way. He could spend 24-7, 365 days when he cares. So... I know you're kind of the opposite of this though, Jen, (laughs) and I always wondered why I was like this. So do you have a take on it slash do you even understand how our two opposing views work well in our friendship? I don't know. Uh, uh, I think, I mean, I don't know why you're so into relationships, (laughs) but I think I know why our relationship works. Because I was always in high school. I was always like, hey, do you want to come over and run errands with me? Hey, do you want to come over and just hang out for the entire day and then sleep over? And then you can also spend the next day. (laughs) And the next day. And the next day. (laughs) Do you want to stay forever? Literally. Yeah. Here's a ring. Do you want it? (laughs) I I would give Um, you a ring. I would. Oh, that's cute. Tattoo. Matching tattoo. A tattoo. I'd do it. We we could do that. Yeah. Honestly, that Um, sounds kind of fun. I mean, I have a rule that it has to be something I've drawn to be put on my body. But if you're cool with that, we can definitely do that. Do you want to get a lip tattoo to match no. mine? No. No. <laughs> it's such a waste of money. I love it. It is one of my favorite parts about myself. No joke. I love my lip tattoo. 
That is so ridiculous. And just so you know, she means inside her lip. Like, it's not on her lip. It's on yes. the inside of her gums. So it goes away in, like, what, five years? Well, it was supposed to start fading in literally two to three. And I got it as my 19th birthday present to myself. And let's see, that was three years ago. And it is not fading in the slightest. I'm pretty sure I'm the 1% of the population that it just never goes away for your entire life. And I am. Maybe you just don't have a lot of acid in your in your saliva or something. Maybe it looks like I just yeah. got it done yesterday, but I'm fine with that. I like it. It's so funny. Well, I mean, if it lasts your whole life, then I guess it wasn't a waste of money. But I think our relationship works is because you ask for so much. Hmm. <laughs> I'm good at helping people when they ask for help, but I'm not good at offering that's all I need baby (laughs) but for myself just in dealing with loneliness I mean I I guess I admitted that I kind of feel alone slash isolated slash lonely at various points in the majority of my life so that's just always been the rule so I guess I don't deal with it it's just like a state of being I'm independent I've got my own thing going on and most of my plans are not conducive to having like a family life that needs you to be around and to provide emotional support. (laughs) And even though that might be considered taboo or whatever, I don't think it should be. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that don't desire family life that are completely content with doing their own thing their whole life. And that is a-okay. Yeah, I don't feel guilty at all about it. Although I feel like the majority of my life, I've only had people try to make me feel guilty about it. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was and then I didn't know what the heck I was talking about because, you know, I have a vagina. So, of course, I'm just supposed to be kids. I'm just supposed to have kids because that's my job. Gross. It's funny that you say that because I, and you have known me for so many years, I think you can attest to this being true, that I used to be so incredibly family motivated. Like, I played house more than anyone I know growing up, and I always wanted the dream family life. And, you know, you could chalk that up to the fact that I had a pretty tumultuous childhood, but that was what I wanted. I wanted to have a job. Yeah, I wanted to go to college. Yeah, but I also wanted to settle down early. I wanted to marry young. I wanted to have kids, a lot of them. And that was going to be my main focus. But the older that I've gotten, I have completely strayed from that. Like, yes, I still want to get married, but I have absolutely no rush to do that. I have counted, literally kept a tally of the amount of people that I know that have gotten engaged within the last basically calendar year because I started counting around Thanksgiving time last year. And I am not even joking you, counting the person that just got engaged that I know earlier today, I'm at 35. So while everyone around me- That is disgusting. (laughs) while, While everyone around me is ready for that stage of their life, I am not. I want to wait until I am older once I graduate vet school. So I'm not rushing into anything. And I just don't feel the push for that. And I want to enjoy married life for at least a few years before I have kids. And I really want to not be a stay-at-home life for my, or stay-at-home mom, not my whole life. I want to have a career and I want to be very involved in my career. So I think it's interesting that I've shifted so much from what I used to want. Well, if you have your own practice, you can just bring your kids to work. 
I mean, I figure I'd kind of <laughs> stay at home for like a couple of years, but as soon as my kids get into school full time, I want to go back to work full time. Yeah. And it's very possible being a vet, which is one of the reasons why I love the job is that there's a lot of flexibility within the field and a lot of flexibility with things that I can do on the side. You know, I could literally be a home visit vet for those years that my kids are really young and then go back into private practice again, like I said, when they go to school full time. So yeah, we'll definitely. But I really care about my career and I care so much about my own personal development and furthering myself and being successful myself so much more that I'm 22 right now over how I was even like three or four years ago. Yeah, no, honestly, every time I see like a Facebook post with people promoting their engagement, I just want to puke. Like I just think it's like (laughs) a horrible, I think it's a terrible legal decision. Especially for women, I think it's signing away your financial independence. I just think it's a horrible legal decision. Now, love ceremonies, you know, the whole wedding thing, mm-hmm. cute, you know, symbolic. I can't love wait. It. Do I can it. wait. I can wait, but I'm also po- very excited. Get the poopy dress. Do the, do the tool and all that. The flowers. But don't sign contracts. Like, if it's really real for you guys, why are you signing a contract? True. I think it's a bad idea. But whatever. That's just me. I also think nobody should have children of their own. Hey, I love kids. I love kids. I spent most of my formative years raising other people's kids. Mm -hmm. I don't want kids. But I will hang out with your kids and give them back to you. Okay. Well, so next topic, have you ever felt loneliness while everyone else around you is just having a great time and you're just in a crowd of people and you're like, damn, I feel alone. (laughs) Unexpected question. And maybe this is just like a, a egotistical thing that I'm not analyzing myself enough on. I've never felt like people thought like the way I do. Mm -hmm. When I talk to people or when I give an opinion that might not be what everybody else thinks or might go against the grain or the norm. I, yeah, I mean, especially at like parties and social events, I, I can't do casual conversation. If you want to talk about tax reform, boom, you got me. Let's go. We can, yeah, like, <laughs> if you want to talk about something that actually will affect anyone's life ever, Yeah, I want to talk about it. But if you want to talk about Taco Bell's menu, I don't eat fast food. So yeah, I feel alone a lot um, because it's it's not cool to care in society. So at least that's my thought on it. But there's also times where I feel the opposite. But what about you? I think that that is the most distinct type of loneliness that I feel because I have definitely been that way before. Um, I have been at a party surrounded by people or at a concert and then suddenly I just kind of get a wave of loneliness. But I would definitely say that that happened a lot more when I was younger and it happened a lot more before I became so secure with a relationship with myself and kind of kind of use this to transition into story time. Because Wait, I think- before you go to story time. Drink your juice, Shelby. Drink your stupid latte that I'm sure you haven't had more than five sips of and is going to get cold. And you're going to... 
I am all the way halfway. Oh my god. You know, like, our episode's gonna end here and, like, not that long, and you're only halfway through your very expensive drink, but whatever. Right, but I'm gonna get to enjoy it for the next couple hours after the episode is over. That was one of the reasons I You say that, but it's gonna end up in your fridge, and then you're gonna throw away tomorrow. First of all, I did not sign on for you to see me so transparently. And second of all, all, I'm going to send you a picture when I'm done with this drink. And I'm going to send it in my food fat that my mom and Goldie have where they mock me for not finishing drinks as we talked about last time. All right. Now tell me your story. I want to hear it. The reason why I'm going to tell this story is because I feel like it's actually pretty relevant to some of our listeners because I learned a lot from it. And yeah. So basically, I found that freshman year when I got to college, I, in preface to this, I went to a college where I literally knew one person. And granted, that one person was someone that I was really good friends in high school with. And we roomed together freshman year, stayed close throughout the rest of our time in college, like still keep in touch even after we've graduated. And I definitely see her being a consistent person in my life for my life. And um, so I only knew her though. And that was incredibly intimidating because Jesse and I went to a high school with a graduating class of like 163 or something like that. So everyone knew everyone. I pretty much also knew everyone in the other grades in the school because the high school as a whole was small, tight-knit community style thing. And um, because I was captain of the Palm Squad, I knew a lot of younger people and hung out with a lot of younger people. And I got to college after being friends with everyone in high school. And I was really intimidated. But my university has another really tight-knit community. And that was one of the reasons why I picked it. And I'm really glad that I did because it was amazing. However, I was very vulnerable at the beginning of college. And so I was, again, trying to be friends with literally everyone. And because people are so friendly and type A and extroverted at this school, I was getting that reciprocated a lot. So I was going to parties all the time. And I wasn't necessarily, you know, drinking. I was just always going out. And I crazy exhausted myself freshman year. And One thing that I really want to point out, especially for anyone that is just starting out in college or might be beginning their wild phase, because that's definitely what I did near the end of my freshman year with the ending of a relationship that I was in, as well as the beginning of my sophomore year, I have noticed that when people get into college, especially if they ever lived a sheltered life in high school, when they have that feeling of freedom they go crazy. And I was not a sheltered person, so I did not think that I would go crazy with the freedom, but I kind of did. Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> you know, I when I say my wild face, like it really wasn't that that crazy. I mean, I did a bunch of dumb shit, but it was not like the level of some people. So what I noticed though was that so many guys take interest like the upperclassmen guys take interest in the freshmen and sophomores to a point that it's almost a little bit gross hashtag rape culture and and part of it is like not even that malicious of an intent but especially at a smaller school where a lot of people know a lot of people it's like you are around the same group of people for 
one, two, three years. So you get used to it and it's the same dating pool. It's the same like everything. And then you get a new class of people in and it's exciting. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're they're new. You know, I haven't talked to them before. I haven't met them before. It's not the same group of people that I've been interacting with for a calendar year now. And I think that's why for some reason it's so normalized and like so many freshman girls end up with upperclassmen boyfriends. Like there was this one guy that I saw for a really long time who was like four years older than me. I was 18, (laughs) 19 and it's something I've seen far too often. And I think that also pushes the instant gratification thing And I want people to be aware of that as they go through their wild phase because it's completely fine to go crazy for a while. But you have to be careful and you have to protect yourself and not allow that loneliness to put you in a situation that you're going to regret later. That you can't get out of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I did want to just like mention a new part of my life, my emotional development, I guess. Now I'm starting to feel sad about being lonely. I know lonely in its definition is sad, but like I'm actually starting to feel impacted by my intrinsic sense of loneliness Um, because my partner Badger, we've known each other for about three years. So he's been like a pillar in my life for a while. Like he's just there. You know, and we haven't always lived in the same state even in that time period, but we we've talked like every day for about three years. I have a tactile defense disorder, which uh, if you don't know what that is, it's some people with autism have it or some some type of thing like it where uh, physical sensation is like a negative experience um, with other people. So they don't like to be touched. Uh, other people with like sensory disorders can have that. Um, I'm hypersensitive, so I'm guessing that's why. I don't know why I have it. Do you think some of that comes from the fact that when you were little, people were always touching your curly hair? I mean, that might have been it, but I I think some kids would have liked that. Like my sister, who's younger than me, we'll call her Panda <laughs> because she's so fluffy and cute and totally lovable and huge and could totally like she's built like a linebacker <laughs> so she could like destroy you if she wanted to but she's right. the complete opposite personality she's like caregiver type personality so it's like a panda you know pandas like the- they'll hide behind their bamboo before they'll attack you you know i love panda they're so cute anyways um but she would have loved that she loved attention. She was, you know, the the youngest, and I guess she felt out of the loop because she was a lot younger than us. But she would have absolutely loved people, like, interacting with her. So I don't know if I was just born that way or if I developed that. I, I don't really care. I can adjust over a long period of time with some people. So, like, romantic touch and, and platonic touch was just never something that I could get positively. Um, but with Badger, it was like that. I'm not sure why. I kind of equate us to being made of the same cloth. The social distancing when he's the only person that I have positive experience from simple things like hugging or even like sitting near and not 
feeling distrustful or anxious or paranoid. It It's like getting something that I never knew I had lost and then having it stolen from me. So, so how are you combating that? How are yeah. you combating loneliness in the age of COVID? So I'm, uh, I'd say I'm not dealing with it. I'm trying to fix it because that's my personality. Um, when I can't handle it, I just try to like reject it and, and get something new out of it because I can't break up with them because right. if I break up with them then I'm just going to be sad and it won't fix the problem. I think some of the best ways and this is kind of the advice section for our listeners that you can combat loneliness is practicing like we talked about last episode a relationship with yourself but also practicing self-kindness taking care of yourself and giving yourself a break and caring about your overall well-being and also figuring out how to spend your spare time whether that's, you know, staying off your phone and getting away from social media, if you've noticed that makes you feel lonely and then trying to make a connection in real life how you can, whether it's a FaceTime call or a socially distanced coffee date outside, because there are so many ways that we can get creative and still keep up our relationships, even in the age of COVID and wanting to quarantine and sometimes having to completely self-isolate in your place. One of the ways that we, that Badger and I dealt with it was uh, like when we didn't live in the same state, um, because he moved to Colorado before I finished college and in Missouri. And um, the, we, Minecraft, you can play real time Mm -hmm. remotely and talk to each other yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think that that is definitely i think it's like live co-op or something yeah that's the right name being active online and you know i was even reading this article once that suggested talking to strangers which sounds like something that you do so having even just a brief conversation uh with a cashier or something like that has been shown to reduce feelings of loneliness and if you take that focus off of yourself and stop focusing so much almost on you even though that seems opposite to self-kindness and everything stop focusing so much on your envy on comparison and not worry about how you're not measuring up and then focus on how you can just give to someone else actually when i was talking about breaking up with Badger, it made me think of when I tried to break up with you. Um, oh, right. Yes, let's let's definitely explore that. I would love to hear how this topic actually applies to our own friendship because we had a moment almost a calendar year ago. Like I remember, it was a few days before Thanksgiving where Jess reached out and was like, "Hey, I need to." schedule a time to chat with you about something and you know that's pretty normal for us like if we have news or we need to talk to each other about something that's bothering us like we'll say hey set aside some time in the next couple days let me know when because we need to have a conversation and we have been dealing with basically a long distance friendship ever since we both went away to college we visited each other a couple of times but like I said nothing super concrete and seeing each other in person for the four years that we were apart and so she calls me last Thanksgiving and I think, Jess, I'll let you you take this part because it kind of answers the question of, have we always been fulfilled in our friendship? So yeah, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, and it almost kind of wraps into last episode a little bit and this episode. So I tried to break up with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> really did. She tried really hard. 
I did. I tried real hard. Um, I'm I'm really determined when I set my mind to something. Um, I just felt like tied down by my I don't know my old life. I guess like my life that I moved away from my family, my old friends. Like I just wanted to shed skin, if that makes sense. Definitely. Uh, I'm definitely that kind of a person. I'm the person that spring cleaning is like an event. I do it every year and I clean the crap out of my life, both physically and emotionally. (laughs) And so I was just trying to figure out like why does Catherine and I's friendship work and like what does it offer and like it's freaking annoying to have to drive or fly to whatever state to see each other and I just felt like frustrated by the inconvenience (laughs) and I didn't feel like I got much out of it which isn't true um I just was frustrated by the inconvenience and trying to to relieve myself of that that stress of having to include people in my life. Um, and yeah, so, so get this. She she calls me and I'm like, this is going to be a casual conversation because she literally tells me it'll be half an hour, like max. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was looking for a quick breakup here. <laughs> so I, I plans. Get, seriously. So I get on the phone I with her. I actually did have plans. Like, <laughs> oh my God. And so we're on the phone and this is right after my mom hosted this annual Friendsgiving. So I'm kind of on a people high. I had just been around a lot of people I cared about, saw a lot of people. We had good food and I'm like, now I'm going to talk to one of my best friends. And I get on the phone and she goes and she's like, hey, I, I got to like, you know, speak all of this. So don't interrupt. Right. So she goes on this little monologue and she's like, I just think we're way too different. I don't think we have anything in common. We had more things in common in high school. But now that we don't have those things, I don't know why we fit well together. She's like, I don't think we're compatible at all. Um, I really enjoyed the friendship, you know, in high school and for the first few years of college, but it just doesn't seem to be working for me anymore. And I'm like sitting there and my jaw is progressively dropping lower and lower because I am like, what the hell? Where did this come from? (laughs) We talked in like because we had a thing where we would catch up every month usually. And so we had just talked in October. For heaven's sakes, she took me for her grad present trip. Her parents paid for her and a friend to go to New York City for like a week. And she picked me. And granted, Badger was busy, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, she, <laughs> Jesse picked me. And we go to New York City. Like we were on vacation together that summer, everything. No indication anything was off. And she literally like proceeds to tell me these character flaws that I have. I'm going to be honest. I kind of blacked them out. So if you want to actually don't share, don't share that part. No, it's not relevant anyways. But she she points out these things that bother her about like my personality and how I am nothing like the friendships that she has created like in college and beyond and that she wants to not hold on to our friendship only for sake of convenience and just because it's been going on for a long time and just because we're friends with each other's families like so on and so forth just because we had a joint graduation party like whatever and I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) no it it wasn't even like that like maybe it was inside your head but what I got from her was like no yeah 
Yeah. (laughs) You were just like, you argued with me and that was mm -hmm. not what I expected. I thought you were just going to like blubber and cry and I was going to be like, wow, I can't handle this kind of like emotional output. I'm going to try to get out of this. Yeah. That's what I expected. But you were like, no, no, that's false. You're just wrong. Yeah, because after, you know, I picked my jaw up from the ground, I was like, okay, you got to talk. Now, can I talk? And you literally were like, yeah. (laughs) The inconvenience of it all. (laughs) You were like, yeah, but not for long. And I'm like, all right. I gotta go. (laughs) And I I launched. And yeah, no, I argued with you hard. I disproved so much of what you had said with facts because I know how much you like facts. And I would I'm curious to yeah, hear how my response was to you. So how how was my response? She was very pragmatic and that's what really got me to be honest. <laughs> um she just she was so strategic because I don't respond to emotional outbursts. They don't mean anything to me. Like I go to default mode of like, you're being unreasonable and I need to like neutralize your emotional state and then leave. That's my go-to when people are like emotional, but she didn't. She was like full composure. It it was like she prepared (laughs) and she just like was like, so you said this. Now I will admit that, but this is the reasons why that is. And you know what? I will consider that. I will consider what you said in criticism because I think that's valid. So I'm going to think about that. But think about this. And then she would like go on with like all my other retorts about our relationship that like weren't necessarily her character flaws. It was more just like our relationship. And she would like list all the like counter attacks to that. And she just made like a solid, solid freaking argument. So <laughs> and then Josie- I was... I was like oh, dumbfounded. So I was like, well, shit, I don't, I mean, did you just f- up my breakup? After I like finished my argument, I was like, so yeah, basically I remember distinctly saying like, you are not about to end our friendship of however many years it's been over a 30 minute phone call when I have not seen you in months. And I was like, that's just not happening. So you can think about what I said and get back to me. And you literally were quiet for like 45 seconds. No, I, no joke, because I remember being like, are you still there? And you were like, yeah. I'm, I, and I remember you saying, now I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, str- I was struck. I was <laughs> shooketh. I just, I didn't know what, what happened to me in that situation. I've never been, I don't know, I struck down like that. <laughs> Yeah, so moral of the story is I was not allowing Jesse to break up with me. And then did you call me like the next day? You said you needed time to think and you called me back or something and you were like, I think you were right in some capacity. Like, I think there are things we need to work on, which I would agree with. We needed more common ground because we were losing common ground really fast. And I had a similar conversation like that with other people that I was really close to in high school with that weren't exactly happy with the way I changed in college 
And I'm not sorry at all for how I change <laughs> at all. And it's okay if, you know, not everyone wants to grow with me or they don't like my growth. But with you and I, I put my foot down and was like, no, that is absolutely not changing. And I'm going to fight for it. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I was not going to. Yeah. Gonna and honestly, I don't think go I, down the, easy. The, I don't think the character flaws were things that like. You had been part of your growth. I think it was the things that hadn't changed that I was frustrated with. Oh, <laughs> like the things that I had expected. Right. Yeah, it was like the things that I had expected you to grow out of that you hadn't yet. And that's mm-hmm. what I was frustrated about. And I um, remember telling you, like, you've got to cut me a little bit of slack because I am growing, but I'm not going to just completely mature and be like a perfect person overnight or even over four years in college. And I think that's applicable to any any friendship out there. That sometimes it takes work. Yeah. And so like I felt, obviously I had felt isolated in the relationship and I felt like, and part of it is that I don't share. So like the, the, Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Tate's the psychologist. Like she Mm -hmm. said, like part of feeling lonely is that like you don't share. And I'm like, I'm not a sharer. And our conversations had been getting more and more uh, superficial. Well, superficial and also, like, distance. Like, there, there mm-hmm. was just, like, more time in between our conversations. So, like, obviously, I would feel isolated. And so I did what I always do. And I'm just like, oh, this is inefficient. I'm going to ditch it, you know. Um, but you didn't let me, which is good. And so this is a lesson from my mistakes to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> nice, good, good advice. And I also think it's that sometimes your friendships have to evolve and if they're not getting the kickstart they need, then sometimes you have to kick it in the butt yourself. And that is definitely something that Jessie did because she is right. I had gotten pretty comfortable in our routine and I was not trying as hard. And after that conversation, I mean, I hope you agree with me when I say this, but I definitely tried harder. I put more effort into somewhat regular communication, even if it was just over Snapchat or a brief text or something like that. And especially today, like when Jess called me a few months ago and was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. And I was so incredibly flattered that you picked me to do it with you because I know that we have a unique friendship, but still. You were literally my duet acting partner in high school. Like, who the hell else would be my (laughs) co-host? I know. And that's why it just makes me really happy that if you, like I said, if you think that was about a calendar year ago, and now look at us, we are keeping our friendship going and alive with podcasts. So you got to come up with creative ways to combat that loneliness. And that's kind of how we did it. Yeah. You got to make it work, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but tell us, like, tell us about your sticky situations, people. Like, tell us yes. about what what's going on. Tell, give us the tea. Yeah. So now that we have our first two episodes kind of out there and done, we want to let you all know out there that we are open to sharing advice for your specific situation on coming episodes. I think we're gonna incorporate a little section of things from the audience that we want to talk about on air, whether that fits into our topic or whether y'all want us to give our take. And obviously, we're no trained psychologist or therapist, so DM us on our social media, uh, fill out the contact form that is on our website if you just scroll to the bottom of any of the pages, or email us, and the email is also available on our website. 
any sort of sticky situation you've been in, anything you would like us to share. And I want to note that the form on our website is a completely anonymous submission. Even if you submit names, we will change them before talking about it on the air. And we would just really love to be your friends. Yeah, and if you want to be our friends and you have a hot take and you want to give us advice, we might also include that. Like, if we think that that's like a, like a boiling hot take, like, we will share that on yeah. there. Yeah. So don't forget, you can always talk to us because we're your new best friends after all. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Kat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings. So we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through coffeetalkpodcast.bigcartel.com. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.